Welcome everyone to the Pilates Mom podcast, where we will be discussing all things Pilates, momming, and balancing the three hats of parent, instructor, and business owner. First, I'd like to thank everyone so much for listening to the first episode. Um, I'm overwhelmed and very humbled by all the people that reached out just to give feedback, to share, um, you know, with your own experiences and just all the cool and amazing connections that I've already made with people just through social media. Um, A lot of people reached out that I already knew and were Pilates friends or just life friends. And then a lot of new Pilates people kind of resurfaced, yoga people, etc., just to communicate and reach out. So thank you so much, because for me, that's what this is all about, is just wanting to, you know, have these dialogues and have these little conversations and to maybe spark something in the listener, um, whether you reach out to me direct and we share that with each other, or maybe it prompts you to um, journal or just, you know, think about all these topics. So I had my little list of topics and what I thought I wanted to talk about. And as everything is kind of unfolding um, so naturally in these different conversations that I'm having with new people, new ideas spark and kind of, you know, fuel what I'm wanting to go with here. So today's session, I'm titling Confessions of a Pilates Mom, which sounds mysterious and maybe a little dirty, but it's not, I promise. Uh, So I wanted to share first um, a little experience that we had in my house uh, last week with homeschooling. This is kind of about where parenting meets our instructing and and how the two can affect each other or complement each other. So we are in lockdown currently um, where I live, and we had some rough days last week with homeschooling. My uh, middle guy is in grade one and just really doesn't want to do it. You know, he needs a lot of help, and he just is not really enjoying the whole concept of it all. So we had a nice chat the one day after school when they were all kind of chiming in that they didn't want to do it. And just about how we can approach things that we don't really want to do. So things that we're not enjoying doing that are maybe uncomfortable, but we have to do them anyways. And trying to make a choice to be as positive as possible about these things that we don't want to do. And as mom, I pose the question to my little humans of what feels better in your belly? Does it feel better when you are positive and happy and having fun, you know, trying to make the most of it? Or what does it feel like in your belly when you're resisting and maybe grumpy and pouty and angry? Um, We had a lovely little snuggle session. Uh, My kids are all very empathetic. The other two kids were kind of stroking my grade one's head and we're all saying like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And There was a shift. There was definitely a shift in thinking and emotions and dynamic. And my son went upstairs and he came back down and he gave me two quarters. And I was like, well, what is this for? And he's like, it's just a gift for you, mommy. And it's it's like the conversation that we had created enough of a shift in his thinking or his belly or his emotions that he wanted to gift me something to say thank you which 
I'm articulating that as how I've seen it all unfold. But it, it was really just a cool moment that, you know, talking it out, talking about those feelings and the outcome being positive and seeing a little shift in his thinking. And just how we can relate this back to our instructing. So just that idea of giving positive feedback, giving praise, and how you weave that into your teaching. How do you weave in the positive comments, the praise, the beautiful, good job, five more. Um, How you weave that in, how it affects your clients. And if you've caught yourself in those moments when you're not being the most chipper positive instructor because we're humans and at the end of the day we all have our own personal lives and things that are going on you know behind the scenes and outside of the studio and how is that maybe linked to your parenting so for an example I have three young children, so there's some mornings where it's very stressful getting out the door. My kids' school starts early, their bell goes off at 8.10, and, you know, there's definitely been mornings that's that mad rush, you know, put on your shoes, I've said put your shoes on three times, like, we gotta go, we're gonna be late, and not only how that maybe affects my children's day, that that's how we're starting off with, like, come on, let's go, and... Uh, you know, mommy's feeling impatient and how that filters how my choice to allow myself to lose my patience, how that filters into the rest of my day. How does that filter into and for any parents out there that this might resonate with you, you know, mornings can be stressful. And does that filter into your day? Does that filter into your your jobs, even if you're not an instructor and you're listening Whatever your profession is, how does that filter into your day? How does that filter into your teaching if you're a teacher or a fitness instructor of any kind? You know, do we then go into the studio if we weren't able to shake that off, that now I'm rushed, I'm stressed, and then that dialogue, that energy um, that is translated onto our clients? Um, you know, where maybe we're not that bubbly, motivational person when they walk in the door, but it's more like, okay, lay down, hug your legs in, start doing this. Um, and just a conversation around that. So mornings, momming, studio, how does all that fit together for you? I'd love to hear from you on this positive feedback to our clients. I'm sure we've all had those moments on both sides, you know, where maybe, I I mean, I can definitely say as a younger instructor, probably more so instructor training, because I expected more from the students. So it's kind of like, well, you're here to be a teacher. So like, come on, let's go. Um, You know, where someone's moving, doing whatever, and you're just queuing, no, no, no. <laughs> so hopefully no one's actually cueing that. And that might be a little over exaggerated, but just those moments of, you know, how could we do better? How is my day affecting what I'm doing? I remember having um, one gyrotonic instructor, master trainer, I should say, throughout my process of doing my trainings and final cert. Um, not saying any names, I will just say that she's a female Canadian teacher. Um, and for whatever reason, like we just didn't like jive with each other. We just didn't connect. 
Um, I remember laying on the bench with my, you know, feet in the pulley straps, kicking my legs around, doing whatever, like a scissoring motion. And she literally stood over me. And I feel like, I mean, it felt like an hour, but it seemed like all she said to me was, no, no. Oh, almost. Oh, oh, no, no. And as I'm kicking my legs, I could just feel like like this heat of frustration, like rising up to my face. It was just the most unfulfilling, uh, defeating teaching experience on the student end that I think I had ever had um, in my life. And it made me um, not want to continue. I really felt frustrated. And I feel like that moment probably softened me and redirected uh, maybe my sternness and translating my message to students in the teacher trainings that I was still a part of. When it comes to giving clients positive feedback, um, I think there's, you know, as we're all aware, there's a huge energy share when we're especially one-on-one with someone. And part of that is kind of reading their personality, reading their dynamic, reading what they need. Some people love feedback. They love the corrections, especially as they go deeper into the practice with you and they start to geek out on those little details. Whereas other people might be far more sensitive, um, far more nervous. You know, it's a very vulnerable place to give your body over to someone to instruct and move, especially if this is not your comfort zone. Um, If you're not coming into Pilates with, say, a dance background or a fitness background, and this is just like, woohoo, the next thing to tackle. If you are someone that's coming to it for rehab or because you've been told you have to because your back's bothering you, um, it's really um, a lot of responsibility on us as the instructor you know, to try to make that experience as enjoyable as possible and to really build them up and give them that positive feedback and meet them where they're at in their practice. And for I'm sure for most instructors listening, all of that makes perfect sense. Now, when we shift that back to our momming, giving them positive feedback, meeting them where they're at, you know, what do your children need right now, meeting your children where they're at right now, meeting them with that same patience, professionalism to a certain extent, um, positive feedback, all the same things that we would do for our clients and applying that to our children and then going above and beyond, of course, because we have a love relationship with them that we do not have with our clients. So anyone that's wearing those two hats of parenting, I know I'm saying momming just because I'm a mom, but parents in general, um, wearing both hats, parent and instructor, and just how they can complement each other. Let me know how you feel about this whole concept and kind of analyzing it maybe within your own life. Um Another thing I just want to talk about, because this came up in a a dialogue or just conversation through listening to someone else's podcast in the comments, and this idea of confessions of a Pilates mom. So whether it be to do with our parenting and our patience uh, factoring in, 
how that reflects into our teaching and vice versa, but also just this idea of, you know, post baby, what that looks like for all women and mothers, the pressure of, you know, getting that pre-pregnancy body back, body image in general, but how that extra layer then comes into play if you are someone that's working in the industry. And by industry, I just mean fitness industry in general, because I think a lot of people can relate to this, whether you teach, uh, you know, boot camps, yoga Pilates, there's an extra pressure put on us because people look at us expecting that, you know, like we know it all and we have all these tools and we should just bounce back and drop the weight, et cetera, et cetera. And that pressure that maybe we've put on ourselves or the guilt, you know, that surrounds that, that, oh my God, I should really, you know, bounce back faster. I should lose that weight faster. I should be in perfect shape because I have this knowledge in my head. And so where that knowledge meets reality of the situation and how easy and or hard it is, was, wherever you're at in this experience, to accomplish that and to do it in a way that felt good for yourself, to do it in a way that felt like you were enjoying it. Um, you know, whether it was uncomfortable and you had to force yourself onto the mat or whatever you had access to, um, you know, maybe you just had a complete shift and you had no more interest in wanting to move because you were exhausted, you know, and this is the piece here is that regardless of your background, after you've had that baby, we all need time to rest um, you know, whether you felt motivated or not motivated, you needed that downtime to rest. And how did that feel to allow yourself to relax? And right away, the word laziness pops up for a lot of us because we're just programmed to think that way. But taking that word away from your dialogue when surrounding this topic and giving yourself the time to rest, the time to nest, uh, the time to sleep and just enjoy being with baby. And the reality of for a lot of us, you know, just being exhausted, like it was, you know, the comment was kind of brought up by saying like, well, no, by the time, you know, the babies were in bed for the evening, like I was exhausted. I was in bed too by nine o'clock, you know, and when the babies were napping, like, yes, some days that made for a great workout, jump on the treadmill, try to do whatever Pilates I could at home. I have a little hand weights. But then other days it was like, oh, thank God the baby's napping. I'm going to try to nap too. And feeling okay with that. There was a, um, also just kind of this funny piece about anyone that has equipment at home. So whether it's Pilates equipment, again, if you're in another industry, it can be anything. But having Pilates equipment at home and how having little kids at home, sometimes it's just become like a playground for the children. So I've gone through different stages of this. I've had a home studio uh, with, you know, reformer caddy combos, ladder barrel chairs. Uh, I've moved things into business places. I've had partial things in my house when I've been in smaller places. So my kids love the ladder barrel. And for the longest time, the ladder barrel was just their play place. They would go inside of it. We called it the cave. I have pictures of them then with toys inside, lining things up. Uh, when I was in a studio at one point and I had the ladder barrel there, I would let moms bring in their smaller children if that was prohibiting them from taking class. 
And so we called it the cave in the studio as well. And the kids would go inside the ladder barrel. I'd sometimes would drape like a mat over the top to make it feel more like a fort. And all that being okay. There's somewhere on my Instagram, if you look back, where I'm at home and I'm on the ladder barrel, prone, hands on the ladder, and my daughter is sitting on my feet and I'm hamstring curling my daughter up and down because that's just what happened that day when I was trying to work out at home. A little monkey came and crawled up onto my legs and my feet. So just surrounding this whole topic of being a mom, pressure to get that body back, whether it's being more thin, more fit, I don't think those words are the same, one and the same. They can have two completely different meanings. And then the second layer of pressure um, that comes with being in the industry and how there's more maybe shame even or, you know, guilt around having to get that body back. And then that exchange back and forth of how the mommy guilt comes into play of, you know, well, should I be taking time to work out versus giving all my attention to my child and all those um, feelings that swirl around both of those topics back and forth. I really do think that you need to meet yourself where you are in this process, just as you would meet your client. So you would be patient with your client, you would give positive feedback to your client, and I think often we don't do that with ourselves. Um, I think it's taken me a while to learn this lesson and programming for my own body where I am in the moment versus coming off of um, teaching instructor training courses for many years and you know it was like you demonstrate that exercise to the best of your abilities regardless of where you're at today you know so if you're teaching advanced performer you're going to demonstrate those advanced teasers and you know shifting that then into my own practice and programming once i wasn't teaching those courses and having to perform those exercises what does my body need right now what does my body need today you know maybe it's just laying down and doing some heel slides connecting that pelvic floor feeling stable in a simple easy gentle way and meeting ourselves with that same love and compassion and positive feedback that we would give to not only our clients, but also our children. And how this message to ourselves and how we are meeting ourselves where we're at in our fitness journey post-baby and how that dialogue to ourselves is reflected in our children's eyes. Things that your children will see and pick up on, how it affects their journey of maybe self-image, fitness, movement, um, diet, eating, all of it, and how it's going to cycle through their journey of life. I feel like having two boys first, um, I didn't really filter. I don't think my thoughts even grasped onto this concept of filtering my words, my thoughts, and just everything surrounding this idea of body image when I just had two boys. My third child is blessed with a little girl. And as soon as she was of an age of, you know, mimicking me or 
understanding my dialogue, um, I instantly just had a whole childhood and lifetime of things come up, you know, whether it was, you know, the little boy in grade school that called me fat or, you know, the adults that commented on what I was eating at what stage. And I feel like this is something that's just like a constant for me now that I have a daughter. So interesting on myself that boys didn't trigger that for me, but a girl did. Um, And just how her journey is going to unfold because of my actions, because of my words, because what I'm displaying for her, whether it be through the food we're eating, the movement that I'm demonstrating, uh, the joy that I'm bringing to it. We always have kitchen dance parties, I'd say almost daily, um, or you know the misery that I'm bringing to it um, and what that looks like, like not wanting to work out possibly and how that's being reflected. Comments about food, you know, um, oh, that's bad food, that's good food. And all of these little nuances that they're going to pick up on at a young age. And thinking back to, again, like those little memories that I have that no one else has any awareness of but myself. Uh, Another little funny story just on this piece of food and my own dialogue. Um, So when the kids were super little, my children are still young, but when they were really, really little, trying to teach them, quote unquote, good and bad foods, which I realize now that even just wording it like that um, could be done better. But I had said at some point to my oldest son at the time, I would say he was about three, saying like, you know, crappy food versus healthy food. And so now we're on vacation, we're outside, we're beaching, and my oldest son comes up to me and says, you know, mommy, can I have a crap? Please, I really just want one crap. And me not, you know, at first understanding what he was saying, but he was asking to have a quote-unquote sugary treat. He wanted to have a quote-unquote bad snack. And so because my words had referred to it as, you know, being crappy food versus healthy food, he came up and asked me for a crap. So on that note, I want to hear from you. I want to hear about your parenting, meeting your instructing, the parallel of those two worlds and our words and our feedback. And if you've ever thought about that, please DM me. Um, However you want to reach out, you can make comments um, on my Instagram post regarding the second episode, Confessions of a Pilates Mom. Um, Two, I want to hear about... um, the pressure that maybe you have felt not only as a mom, as a woman, but also being someone that's in the industry. And if you feel like you approached your own postnatal rehab process differently because of your status and your job. And thirdly, I'd love for you to tell or share of any other um, confessions of your momming or your teaching Um, your own practice, where you are with that. So we'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening. Have a lovely day.